T-shirts will be available next month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're selling merch now. It's just merch. What, what, what would our merch even be? Just... It would just be our favorite scenes from Boy and His Dog. That'll be our <laughs> merch. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's like you can't wear that shirt in this kindergarten. <laughs> so, uh, welcome everyone to Page and Screen. Uh, this is a book club for books adapted to movies and a movie club for movies adapted from books. Hey, my name's Calvin. Um, I've heard this described as a love story. And if that's the case, I finally found a love story that's worse than Twilight. Hi, I'm Jesse Molly, and this is the sequel to Homeward Bound that nobody wanted. Uh, hi, I'm Ashton Sanborn, and uh, everyone in a post-apocalyptic dystopian future are complete assholes. My name is Doug Winnipeg, and um, I saw a naked woman last night. <laughs> 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 Today, we are discussing A Boy and His Dog. A Boy and His Dog is a short story that was written by Harlan Ellison and published in 1969. It was adapted to a movie, A Boy and His Dog, um, in 1975 and directed by L.Q. Jones. Um, we will start off by talking about the short story. Uh, so basically, A Boy and His Dog, um, it's about a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Like most post-apocalyptic stories, um, they don't fully go into what caused um, the current society that they're in. They talk about a World War III of some sort. So there's clearly been more wars. The, the story's written in the 60s. Um, I think they the way that it's kind of written and kind of hinted. Um, I feel like those war, the World War Three or whatever took place sometime in the nineties. I think there is like some kind of nuclear element to it, right? Like because they do talk about like mutants and uh, fallout shelters and that kind of stuff. That's the setting of the story. We basically follow a young man, boy. I don't know. He's played by a pretty old King Don Johnson. So I don't know. You're you're following this young man. And his companion, who's a dog, as they try to survive in this post-apocalyptic wasteland. The dog is able to communicate with the boy telepathically. And we are kind of given some indication that this was a program that was developed in the past. And that a few dogs were bred to be telepathic soldiers, kind of, um, or to assist soldiers on the battlefield. And now they're still roaming the wasteland and um, they form bonds with groups of survivors. So we're following this boy named Vic and his dog named Blood. The, the events of the story, I think, take place over a few days. Um, maybe one day it starts off with Vic trying to find um, a woman um, who he intends to rape because he's looking to get laid. And so he comes upon this settlement where um, he's watching uh, some movies. Um, some of them are pornographic. And the dog senses that there's a girl in the congregation. So Vic decides to trust him um, and follows this girl that has like disguised herself to look like a boy. Follows this girl to like a gymnasium. It's a YMCA, isn't it? Like it's, it's yeah. A, yeah, that's right. It's a YMCA. <sighs> Watches her 
uh, get naked and then comes bursting in and like, and then rapes her. There's, you know, a lot of description about how the girl is like throwing him off and that like typically he would just rape them and move along. But for some reason, this girl is like getting to him because she's looking him in the eye. Also, while he's raping her, he he believes that like she's starting to enjoy it. And then they continue to have sex multiple times from what we're supposed to believe, I guess, is now consensual. And then uh, the dog informs Vic that there are some uh, raiders um, type people, bandits that are coming to raid their location and that they also sense that there's a girl in the building. So Vic now has to make the stand to basically get out alive. He single-handedly somehow dispatches this entire troop of bandits. They don't. And then they hide inside of like a furnace or something. That's true. Sorry. Sorry. I was going to say he dispatches a large number of these bandits. Blood tells him that there are more coming. So they have to hide in this boiler as they burn the building down to basically give off the ruse that no one survived this fire and everyone's dead. And I think while the fire is going, they're still having sex. And then I think after the fire has died, Vic comes out of the boiler with blood and blood and him talk. And blood is basically saying that like, we need to leave this girl. You need to move on. And Vic saying like, no, I, I like having sex with her. Vic intends to, to bring her with them. But then when he goes back to the boiler, the girl knocks him out and steals his stuff. Did she steal his stuff? I don't even remember. She left like a little yeah, she left she a key left card. card. Yeah, she left her key card. And she didn't mention that that she's from uh, uh, Topeka and that it's all that, that the entrance is only half a mile from, from where they are. <laughs> she knocks him out. She escapes um, and leaves her key card that um, is basically an entrance into what is essentially like a fallout shelter type situation. The settlement is called Topeka. So I'm guessing this is probably in Kansas. Blood at this point tells Vic that they need to continue moving on. Vic insists that he wants to get revenge and uh, and find this girl and potentially kill her. Blood's wounded at the time as well. Yeah, yeah and Blood is also wounded from fighting the raiders at the time. They walk to the um, location of this fallout shelter and Vic uses the key card to enter. Uh, Blood warns him that it's a little suspicious that the girl has dropped this key card and that it was so easy to get to her. So Blood is essentially warning Vic that this is some sort of a trap. Vic takes the key card anyways, insists that he has to do this. He opens up the fallout shelter. Vic goes down into it, but Blood stays up to keep watch. There's kind of a whole culture surrounding um, the people who live underground. You know, they talk about them throughout the story. They've created their own kind of civilization down there. When Vic goes down there, it is... I don't even know. How would I describe it? I'm getting it mixed up with the movie, so I don't... So, uh, yeah, so so they go down into there. He meets, um, and I can't remember, the the people's less is one of them, right? He gets told that uh, the reason why that they're going down there is because they're not capable of reproducing, and when they can reproduce, it's usually women or girls that they reproduce, and so they need somebody to stud out. Of course, they say yes. Uh, Vic or Albert says yes, and then over the course of a week decides that this uh, Southern Baptist uh, world that uh, that they've created underground is not what he wants. And so he ends up like, 
they're doing this weird thing where he uses Quintella to seduce her her father, knocks him out, kills like four people, escapes, and then they end up getting to the surface where they murder Quinella and uh, eat her happily ever after, apparently, after that. Yeah, um, Blood is in pretty bad shape um, and basically needs to eat. Vic makes the decision that he can kill the girl feed her to blood and that way he and blood can move on so they do that all right yeah let's get into our thoughts yeah you know i'm gonna go first uh because this was probably the worst thing i've ever read i was gonna say like it's definitely the worst thing i've read this year and uh and i did compare it to twilight off the top i I thought twilight was pretty goddamn bad this is worse (laughs) uh the subject matter is horrible and really hard to follow I also just generally do not think it's very well written. Um, And, you know, once we get into like characters and how they interact with each other and if there is like really a message that he's trying to convey by the end of this story, I feel like it's so muddled. This short story is probably the worst short story I've ever read. It's like, well, just misogyny ramped up to to 14 the women don't have agency they're only there to get raped they use the term rape too loosely every character i hate they also portray southern baptist living or like pentecostal living or whatever underground as being somehow bad i'd rather i would choose southern baptist living as opposed to rape land up there like it's like they make it seem like Oh, this uh, because these people have morals. Obviously, they're worse. Obviously, it's not good down here. You're like, come on. I hated this. Mm. I hated reading this. I hated everything about it. Harlan Ellison is like a is was like a 1960s like incel. I wish I hadn't read it. And also, too, my friend Jeff said that this was his favorite movie. I think <laughs> I like, think it's his favorite short story. I don't think it's his favorite movie. But I think that's it's even worse. Like that's because. <laughs> in the scale of my favorite to my least favorite it's in the top like three worst things i've ever seen and i've seen crap all right i've seen smut all right (laughs) so well what do you think jesse this was such a bait and switch because when you think of the name a boy and his dog i legitimately thought this was going to be a wholesome young kid and his dog that are wandering across the wasteland, you know, really toughing it. Like the first line was like, I'm horny. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking read this shit. So I kind of powered <laughs> through it, just cringing half the time. And I'm like, man, this sucked. Like, and that the problem with this book is that it, it tries to play off like such a wholesome message, especially at the end. A boy loves his dog. And it's like, I don't love any of this. This, they all should have died. I have no love for any of the characters. I do no attachments. I just read the story. That was it. Done. I think it was written to disturb. He, he well, I didn't said, know that. He said, I am going to disturb the reader. In fact, even, even the whole idea of this love between a dog and a, and a boy is like, like so warped to the point. Anyways, ugh. So I've obviously got an unpopular opinion here among this. It's not that I loved it or like everything you guys have said is actually pretty true i would actually i would argue is pretty true um i think i liked a lot of the aspects of it as in like this realistic take on what a post-apocalypse would look like you guys don't like the fact that none of the characters are likable but i strongly believe in a post-apocalypse 
anybody that would be likable would be dead really quickly and it'd be le- you'd be left with the worst of the worst people. So I, I, I was interested with the concept of the, the protagonist being like a terrible human being. And the dog is just as bad. He's like facilitating the bad behavior. Like he's like, he's finding these girls for him to, to rape. Obviously this book or this story wasn't supposed to be, in my opinion, it was not supposed to be an uplifting or happy story at all. I knew this going into it. I knew what I was getting into. So maybe this was a little bit more shocking to everybody else. It seemed like Jesse was really taken off guard with the title of it and knowing that it was what is a huge inspiration for a lot of post-apocalyptic, like Mad Max, Fallout, um, Fallout, all these things are hugely inspired by this short story. So he probably had that more in his mind. What you ended up getting was kind of a pretty, not something that you would easily recommend to anybody. I told him to stay away from it. Like, just play Fallout, watch Mad Max. That's... But overall, I'm I actually like enjoyed those aspects of it. I'm not that I like enjoyed the like the rape scenes and all like that stuff, but I enjoyed the aspect of it being like, okay, this is a post-apocalyptic world where no one is likable. It's hard to root for anybody. You don't want anybody to succeed at their at their goals because everyone's goals are horrid at the end of the day. So yeah, no, I agree that there were some excellent con- sci- sci-fi post-apocalyptic concepts in this in this short story, mm-hmm. and that's why it birthed a lot of post-apocalyptic stuff later on. What pissed me off about it was how it turned women into mm-hmm. this commodity, because if you look at world history, every time there's great purges, every time there's like post-war women tend to survive better than men the purges of the soviet union more what well, more women survive than men right and like like the the catastrophes of pre-world war one china m- more more women survive than men and so like and so that just boils down to the writer's own we saw a glimpse of the of what was inside of the writer and i didn't like it he assumes that women wouldn't survive which is opposite I think in a post-apocalyptic world, and I'm not just saying this, I'm, I'm just going by history, women mm-hmm. tend to survive better than men. He, he, he's twitched it around, and be, that's because he believed that women in a post-apocalyptic world wouldn't survive because they're weaker. It, it boils down to this, this weird hatred of women that boils through the author that shows up on the page. And as I was reading it, what he really is like inside came through in the literature. And I really don't like him because of that. Like I would be, he's like an incel like that. Like that's like, he's, he has this weird hatred for women and that's what boiled out for me. And that's what made me say, mm-hmm. I dislike this. I dislike the author. I dislike the movie. And I'm sad that I chose it because it was just so, so crappy. There's some I, I totally get it now. And when you're, when you, when you say what you're saying, like everything that you say makes sense to me and I don't disagree with it at all. Like, I don't know much about Harlan Ellison, but I, I do know enough about, like I've heard stories about him. And when the movie was being made by LQ Jones, he like outwardly accused LQ Jones of being a misogynist, being sexist and like being like all this stuff. Like, and he's like, Oh, that one line that you had was super misogynistic. And that was kind of like, you're a piece of crap for putting that line in that movie kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, like a whole, especially in this day and age, you can compile a whole list of people who claim to be feminists and then turn out to be pretty terrible misogynistic people. The fact that he was berating this director over that, over that ending line, 
like whatever man like <laughs> like have you read your own story because it's pretty goddamn horrible and really misogynistic to chime in on what doug was saying it is it goes beyond the fact that this is just difficult subject material i've read difficult subject material before it's more than just him talking about a disturbing post-apocalyptic wasteland you're right it's it's his voice it's the author's voice coming through the the general thing i took away is that wow you really hate women and that goes beyond just being disturbing content. Like we're now getting a sense of like this ideological belief that he's imbuing in his story. I vaguely knew what to expect coming into this because um, I haven't read a lot of his stuff, but I know people who have. And um, uh, my partner recently had um, one of his stories that's very famous. It's called um, I Have No Mouth and I'm a Scream. Um, she read it and she said that it was probably one of the worst things she's read. Um, and it's for the exact same reason. Like she basically read that story and was like, wow, he really hates women. And then I read this and I was like, yep, can confirm. He definitely hates women more than the subject matter itself. It's the fact that like, these are the things that he chose to put into this story and pairing that with like the fact that like he's written other stories like this. I'm like, well, how much of this do you mm -hmm. believe? Like, let me also just get into the fact that, like, I do think this is a shitty story and really poorly written. The way that he he writes this, it is so heavily influenced by just male fantasy. And, you know, this goes back to the fact that, yes, he hates women, but he also has this, like, super inflated idea of what men are like or what he fantasizes that he could probably do. Like, I don't know. This is, like, some shitty, like, 12-year-old male fantasy that you've created vic for starters has endless libido he can just basically have sex all day long and be perfectly okay when he goes down into this band of survivors he's obviously picked out to be a stud and he's like well this this man needs to rape all of our women so that we can have more children just smacks of such arrogant ridiculous male fantasy but then there's also the fact that like when he gets into gunfights, he comes away from them perfectly unscathed is just like fucking John wooing it down the like, down the hallways, like shooting off his guns. This is this is such a twisted, ridiculous, like fantasy that you've created here. Like he he, I guess, is like trying to create this action star who can just like have sex all day and shoot guns all day you know, is totally cool surviving. It's so incredibly, yes, misogynistic and offensive and just so difficult to read. I, I absolutely hate it. And to go back to what Doug was saying about how they paint the people who live down under as a worse option. So, so Vic is trade to be this hero because he's rebelling against this, but he's also a rapist. So I'm like, so what are you, so what are you trying to say? that this is better than the other thing because it's not. And yeah, and I'm, I'm just going to touch on this now before we move on. The the fact that he makes Quella Jean, uh, Quella June or whatever, expose herself to her father, I don't understand that at all. If you read that part over, there's no description that shows that like, oh, like yeah. he was trying to like distract him or something. It's like this bizarre thing where he's like, um, and then she, you know, bent over and exposed herself. And then when her dad showed up, I... I lose brains out you're right like they are basically using these women as objects 
of lust and then like you know like an object humor when they're put in like compromising positions and that's that's the part of it that's so gross you know it's not just the fact that like he's raping these women and is getting away with it and is being the hero of the story but it's the fact that like you're using a woman's sexuality and the fact that they have no control for humor and that to me is so so disturbing you know to say it was a crappy story is doing it like a severe justice it was like the worst piece of crap i've ever read but that's me (laughs) yes to talk a little bit more about what i said so there is a story aspect as to why there were not enough women it's because during world war four all the women were in the cities uh, and the men were fighting, presumably not in the cities. I don't know what the, well, what that really meant. And so when the bombs fell, they landed on a they landed on cities and killed all the women. So if that situation happens, if say men uh, outnumbered women by uh, by double or triple or quadruple, women at that point wouldn't become disposable commodities. They'd become priceless. You're telling me that men wouldn't prize those women more. And, and the fact is, is he believes that one in World War Four, like women would all be in the cities. But the fact is, is, oh, there's there's almost no women. Let's just rape all of them. Who cares? Right. You're like, no, that's not what would happen. He got it wrong. He, he got it completely wrong. And it is a fantasy like this. This might as well be put in the fantasy section beside Lord of the Rings. It might as well be put in incel fantasy section. There's also another thing that I want to talk about. So, so they talk about the reason why dogs can can be telepathic is because they took spinal fluid from dolphins, dolphins and injected it into dogs. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, that's not how it works. Like, are dolphins <laughs> telepathic? Like, I get so guys like, yeah, I'm gonna take the spinal fluid and put it into dogs, and they'll be telepathic. And it's just like it's a lazy <laughs> cop out to like, oh, okay, well, they can just talk because of. Uh because of this somehow that's in the bottom like thing that i just like i'm like oh i shrug my shoulders because i'm like everything else is terrible Eh, okay so anyways (laughs) uh like i know ashton you want to say like it's hyper realistic post-apocalyptic wasteland i didn't know if i wanted to use realistic realistic wasn't that was the only word i could think of using at the time but anyways go on i know what you mean i can't believe that it would be a lot of unnecessarily evil characters like there has to be some good to be like i got bored of reading it because i didn't like anything i was reading take fallout for example it's a lot more difficult to be a good character than it is to be a bad character the good characters are going to be have a, a certain level of rules of moral rules that they have to adhere to for their own morality bad people will have no issue with murdering and taking every single one of your eye uh, uh, taking all your food very good people likely aren't going to last very long in a post-apocalyptic be- uh, because it's going to be like kill or be killed kind of a world well i'd like i'd like to believe that they they live but also to go back to like a lot of the the science fiction stuff that uh, doug was talking about and when it comes to the, the dogs actually telepathic i like the idea of it but I think it takes away from like, if you were to do a, a, a proper story, I think it's like more intuitive to just have that dog as a non-speaking character. I would not have blood talk at all because I think if you're going to like focus on this bond, it's like, it's a learning curve. It's not like, the, so I think it actually takes away from like, if they were to have like a boy and his dog bonding moment, 
I'm sitting out with my my companion here, Blood. It was like there was none of that there. So there were some really interesting aspects to this world. For instance, like the the buildings were still standing. Some of these gangs owned like the power plants. Some of these gangs owned the owned the reservoirs. They basically have built an economy based on landmarks that are still standing. And I thought that was an interesting part of the story. And then everybody knows about the down unders. Which is like, you know, I don't know, Australian base or something. I don't know. But the, uh... <laughs> I thought nope. that too. It was like, cry, crikey. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm being a dick. But the, uh... <laughs> um, I didn't mind the roving gangs idea. I thought that stuff's pretty cool. I didn't even dislike the, um, uh, the action hero stuff. There were some pretty interesting ideas with World War One. They talked about uh, John F. Kennedy does, doesn't get assassinated. And then from that point on, uh, they have a conventional war, which is World War Three, which lasts 30 years. And then they go into World War Four, which lasts seven days. Right. So there's some like really interesting stuff. Wait, John F. Kennedy doesn't get assassinated in this world. I missed that completely. Yeah, that's in like a timeline sense. Um, John F. Kennedy doesn't get assassinated. So it goes a completely different. The, the universe goes a completely different route. If JFK had lived, everything would have gone south. <laughs> We'd all be a bunch of rapists now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, okay, so let's get into the movie um, Boy and His Dog, uh, directed by L.Q. Jones in 1975, uh, starring Don Johnson. It follows the same story as the short story pretty closely. The survivors in Topeka, um, the downunders, are, I guess, like still kind of the Southern Baptist kind of vibe, but they also all wear makeup. They all wear white face. When he's captured, it's the same basic idea. They're going to use him to repopulate and to impregnate some of the women. However, in the book, you're led to believe that he's just going to sleep with all of these women to impregnate them. In the movie, it's some sort of uh, machine extracting that's extracting his sperm. The same basic idea happens as June helps him escape. They kill most of the people in the town. They get to the top. Uh, he still kills Quilla, feeds her to the dog. The line that I guess Harlan Ellison lost his fucking shit over was that in the book, he's kind of narrating what happened and says that uh, Quilla June once asked him if he knew what love was. And he says, a boy loves his dog. In the movie, uh, the dog, Blood actually gets the last line after they had eaten her and they were walking away, Blood said something like, well, she had really good judgment, Vic, uh, if not for particularly bad taste. And I guess that's like too chauvinistic for Harlan Ellison. Um, yeah, uh, let's get into the movie a little bit. I think I think the movie lightly because it's still pretty touching on some pretty dark stuff and like some uh, hard. I think it is slightly more palatable. Rape is mentioned, but you don't really ever, you never see it because he doesn't actually rape her in the movie like he's about to. And then the raiders come and then she like at that point falls in love with him or whatever, quote unquote, falls in love with him. And then like all that. And like you said, going down into the down under or whatever. And they're, and they, they're not implying that he's going to rape all the people, but they're going to extract his sperm. And so I think in that regard, they, they kind of like tone it down a little bit, pull it back. In the, at the end of the day, like the movie stayed pretty true to the book for the most part. If you didn't like the book, you're not going to like the movie. That's simply put. I didn't hate the the movie as much as I hated the book, but also too, I watched the movie first at your place. 
Mm-hmm. And then I read the, the short story. And I actually, it was good because I was expecting the short story to be terrible. But then I was just like, wow, this is like more terrible than I could ever imagine. And you, you know what I don't understand? There's this whole aspect of him, the dogs raising him, right? And then they talk about Vic slash Albert's parents as dying. And so for the entire short story, I was assuming that the dog raised Vic. Like, like there was kind of like this parent relationship. And then you can also say that like a theme based on that would be that you're raised by dogs, therefore you become a dog. And so that's what I thought a theme would be. But then that theme gets shot in the leg in the last page of the short novel, because at some point he says, I only met you three years ago. Like he's talking to the dog. And I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, wait a second. So you didn't raise him. You were already this terrible. And then you met a dog. I don't know. So I'm going back to the short story. But I, I'm just thinking about this. And it it doesn't make sense. The boy and a dog doesn't make sense. Why would you love a dog like your parents if you only met the dog three years ago? I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah. And and to go back, a lot of people have described this as a love story between a boy and his dog. I just, I don't buy that. Like, I don't buy that he even was affectionate towards the dog that much. He treated it like trash the whole, the whole way through. Like, like, I don't know why, like, I don't, I don't get the love story thing in any regard. uh, Sorry. I, I, I'm going back to the book, but it also connects with the, I didn't mind it. It was 1975 action, fairly low budget. Yeah, it was fine. And it was fine enough. For the most part, I agree. I do think the movie is a little bit more palatable. I thought some of the post-apocalyptic design of it was actually was pretty interesting and was pretty well done, especially considering it does predate a lot of those movies, right? Like Mad Max came out after this. So so the the actual design of the post-apocalyptic world was really well done, especially considering the budget that they had and for the time period that they were in. It made for a particularly good science fiction movie. Yeah, what do you think, Jesse? You know, I watched it and it was that. Like, again, like, reading the short story just sullied my, like, outlook on the entire thing. So, but you're still watching it like, fuck you, I hate you, Vic. Like, the thing is, too, is, like, the ending, I thought it was really stupid because they play this like this cheesy music as they walk off into the sunset it's like oh it's our happy-go-lucky feel-good ending bit of the story and you're like can't like a death cloud just run out and maul them like at the very end but it is what it is like you guys just touched upon all the things i thought was the same yeah so that's uh so yeah i'm real. i'm sorry that i exposed that to all of you uh, <laughs> well i'm the one who put it on the list so i yeah. technically am the one that should also be apologizing <laughs> Um, um but uh wwe fan casting oh yeah <laughs> yeah so, sure let's get into our wwe fan cast oh, john cena the as as uh as vic the the most uh, just the, the cleanest baby face playing just the worst possible <laughs> character <laughs> who does the voice of uh the dog who does the voice of blood Mick foley Oh, Mick Foley oh. would be perfect. Yeah, yeah, Mick Foley would I, be great I, blood. However, I don't know if Mick Foley would ever sign on to a movie like this. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is considering the all the work that Mick Foley does for like sexual assault survivors. This would be a very strange movie for him to sign on to. <laughs> they just oh give him God. the lines to record, and they don't tell him what it's about. <laughs> yeah, and then but he doesn't question. He's just like. He's like, well, do you want me to smell her out and rape uh, for Silver to rape her? He's just like, what am, what, what am I talking? This is a weird Frozen Peas commercial. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I this is the one thing. If I hear like next year, like oh Netflix is or you know Amazon is uh, making this into, I'd be like, please don't. I will actually send a letter, <laughs> and I'll be like, you don't know me. And you don't care about my voice, but I'm telling you that I hate this thing and please don't ever adapt it again. You're going to be like that Christian family who like petitions to get Big Mouth taken off of Netflix. Yeah. Look, I've never seen Big Mouth, but this Big Mouth and this are not in the same category. No, 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 no. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, John Cena, Mick Foley. Who plays um, Quilla June? Oh, oh God! Any, I would, I would only give that cast to a person who I genuinely hate. I, I don't know if I would put anyone in that position. It's just the worst. Like there's, like, like I would, any, if you're gonna play a woman in this adaptation, like, I'm sorry, like clearly, your career's in the shitter and people hate you. Like, <laughs> who is that? Is there anyone in WWE as a no. woman that's that, that hated? Probably not. I, I, yeah, it's probably I, Vince I would be like, know. well, th- this this looks like the perfect vehicle for Lana ever since uh, this is the per- left. This is- <laughs> God. <sighs> like, like, this is the only... Uh, Can no, Vince McMahon I- be like the father down in the down under, please, too? Like, that makes, <laughs> that makes kind of a lot of sense to me. It's... Uh, yeah. I, I yeah. hope yeah. <laughs> The worst, part, the worst part in this, we haven't talked about this. This is a Nebula award winning, like it won the highest science fiction awards it can win. I guess the rest of the year was pretty terrible or just like nothing else was written that year. Cause at yeah. this point, I'm They're just like, well, like, well, I have this, uh, I have like somebody wrote a phone number on this napkin or this, or, or this novel. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's choose this novella. Here. I think it also speaks volumes to the time too. Right. Like, I feel like it's very much a product of his time where this kind of stuff was like, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 the outlook on women in general and the what then would be considered as progressive is not at all progressive by today's standards and the only other nebula winning thing that we've read is starship troopers and we apparently nebula is a terrible uh, apparently avoid all nebula awards um, okay well uh, thank you for joining us everyone this was a this was a tough pick this this week um but uh but ashton's got the next pick for next week so what are we going to do um i've already bought my copy of it uh i'm and i chose if bill street could talk i also bought my copy of it so i'm excited um mm-hmm. so yeah we're gonna uh read if bill street can talk um for our next um podcast um and yeah that's about it everyone as always a huge thanks to me and my friend for creating all the music you hear on this show i'm sure you'd love to check out more of their music so do it by visiting me and my friend.bandcamp.com if you haven't already done so and why haven't you subscribe to us on apple podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts And if you really like us, you know we would really appreciate that review and that rating. Feel free to connect with us on social media. We would love to hear from you. We are at Page and Screen 1 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also search Page and Screen on YouTube where you can watch a video version of this show. 
we post regular updates of all the books we read and all the movies we watch on our social media channels, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on all of them. We're not the only ones that can offer our unwarranted opinions, so chime in and join the conversation. And finally, make sure you spread the word about the show. For all the book nerds and film geeks in your life, please pass this on. We would love to reach them. Maybe you know someone who has been stockpiling supplies in an underground bunker to prepare for the inevitable apocalypse. Well, they sound like a creep, but I'm sure they'd enjoy this show. Until the next page and screen, thank you for listening.